Some things in life cost little, and some things in life cost a lot. But everybody's got a price. The wise words of the million-dollar man, everybody has got a price. On tonight's episode of Dark Side of the Elite Zone, we are doing a deep dive into the DiBiase family. How did wrestling royalty, ironically, have one of the biggest money laundering scams in professional wrestling? It's me. It's Dusty. AEZ, the beast. I'm here up north talking million dollar man Ted DiBiase. I just want to say anytime I think of Ted, I immediately go to the Mid-South Territory, uh, the JYD, and then you look towards the Rat Pack stuff. All creative, great in ring. What did you think, Lee? Everybody got a price. After a legendary WWF Hall of Fame career, Ted DiBiase would step down and his son in 2008 would make his WWE debut on the main roster. He would forge his own legacy, filling his shoes that his father had left and join up with multi-generational superstars like Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes. How did the Million Dollar Man's son carve his own legacy? Did he fill the shoes that his father once wore? Wow, I mean, geez, I mean, the, the legacy storyline, that was pretty cool, actually, uh, watching as a fan. Uh, I mean, you have three, you know, th- you have three second, third generation superstars in one group. And I mean, the the origins of the group was pretty cool. Um, you, know, you know, you have, you know, you have Hardcore Holly and Cody, you know, together as a tag team, they won the tag team titles. And... And, and, you know, of course, you remember how, uh, you know, Ted basically came and, and was like, hey, I got a, I got a, a, a mystery partner here uh, and uh, we're going to win the tag team titles. And the swerve was so cool the way they did it. I got to say it was it was pretty badass. And I mean, them winning the tag team championships at, at uh, Night of Champions was pretty cool. And uh, I mean, you know, at the same time, you know, Randy Orton was pretty much, he's pretty much done, done it all in, in the WWE. You know, he's pretty much been, been there and done that. The only thing he, he wasn't able to do or didn't do beforehand was run his own faction. And I think that's where he set his sights on Priceless, who, uh, who were uh, Cody and uh, Ted. And I think, you know, and, and I mean, they had so many different characters go through this whole storyline. You know, you had, you know, you had Manu or Deuce, who uh, was uh, him, uh, Snuka, you know, the son of the late Jimmy, the, Jimmy the Superfly. Uh, you know, you had, you know, you had the whole McMahon family. You had Dusty Rhodes. I mean, you had Batista, Triple H. I mean, you know, so many people, so many characters ran through this one storyline. And to me personally, I thought it was probably one of the coolest storylines they were telling at the time was the legacy storyline, you know. It, it was it was it was great. I mean in, in like the, the the final, you know, I guess you can say the final or or the definitive group would would be, you know, Ted DiBiase Jr., Cody Rhodes and Randy Orton. Of course, we already know that uh, Cody's father was Dusty, 
we already know that, of course, uh, uh, Ted DiBiase Jr.'s father was the Million Dollar Man, and Randy Randy's father was Cowboy Bob Orton. And uh, I mean, just to see that storyline put together and the way they did it, it so many different characters and so many different blends of of, of different things in the stories, in the, you know, the, the 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 subplots and stuff like that that went along with it. I mean, it was awesome. For me, it stands right one of the coolest storylines I've ever seen WWE put on. Uh, but that's my opinion. After the split of Legacy, Ted DiBiase Jr. would bring back a fan favorite belt and bring back the million dollar title. The million dollar championship was more of a prop than an actual championship. But the people that held it, holy cow, what like a list. Of course, your most recent one. LA Knight. Then you also had the Million Dollar Man, of course, that created the belt. Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then, of course, Ted DiBiase Jr. Crazy how many people held that belt. But it was also a way for them to get over. I feel like, unfortunately for Jr., he didn't get that rub that his father got with that belt. After being released from the WWE, Ted DiBiase Jr., would work the independent scene until the year 2015, where he would retire. From there, we didn't hear much from the DiBiase family until the year 2022. We find out that the Million Dollar Family would be in trouble for money fraud, taking money away from charitable organizations. One of our own here at the All Elite Zone podcast has had his life affected by the actions of the Million Dollar Family. So it's pretty ironic that I'm going to be tied into this dark side of the elite zone. Uh, but my time with this, uh, WWE did a uh, Where Are They Now? Well, if you guys want to check it out, Where Are They Now? Uh, and I did a Ted DiBiase Jr. Uh, he was doing a lot of stuff with kids, like kids with, kids with learning disabilities or kids with uh, a disability, whether it's an amputation or leg or like a physical disability. Uh, well, he, he did a lot of stuff like that. Him and his dad, too, they did uh, wrestling shows for the kids. And uh, I believe there was a Make-A-Wish one time. John Cena came by. Uh, and all this is in Mississippi, and I live in Mississippi. Uh, I used to work with somewhere called Ability Works. They would do, uh, they would help people with disabilities and jobs and stuff. Well, uh, Ted DiBiase and his father was, uh, they were something to do with that, but they, uh, they took a lot of money from the state of Mississippi. Uh, not just this, not just ability works part, but it was a lot of other stuff. They took a lot of money from, uh, and it wasn't just a little money. It was millions of dollars that they took uh, from families, from uh, rehabilitation places like ability works. I'm what I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, uh, he could face 25, 25 years after in the prison. Uh, I don't know how Ted DiBiase is tied into this, but Ted DiBiase Jr. is really tied into a lot of this, uh, the, a lot of fraud stuff and money, and it's kind of ironic that they're in with this because their gimmick in wrestling is about money. But yeah, uh, that's how I'm tied in with all this. Some things in life cost a little, and some things in life cost a lot, but every They took a lot of money from the state of Mississippi. 
not just this, not just the ability works part, but it was a lot of other stuff they took a lot of money from. Uh, and it wasn't just a little money, it was millions of dollars that they took uh, from these, from uh, rehabilitation places like Ability Works, I'm, I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, uh, he could face 20, 25 years up to, in the prison. Uh, I don't know how Ted DiBiase is tied into this, but Ted DiBiase Jr. is really tied into a lot of this, uh, the, a lot of fraud stuff and money, and it's kind of wrong that they're in with this because their gimmick and wrestling is about money. But yeah, uh, that's how I'm tied in with all this. Sorry, I'm mute. Sorry about that. Welcome everybody hey. to Talking Elite. I hope you guys are ready to talk everything about the DiBiase family. It's going to be a very fun episode. Um, Connor, great job on the intro again this week. Um, I feel like it's really separated this from our other shows we've done on Talking Elite. So everybody give Connor some love down in the comment section. Um, I did see some people giving him love already, saying that is awesome, that is cool. Um, of course, Ethan was you know commenting the whole time about legacy. Um, Davis teasing that Mr. Jacobs is a... Uh, <laughs> is a Packers fan. So it's, it's a very, very good job, um, Connor, again, for everything. Um, like I said, it's going to be a fun episode tonight. Of course, you know, the Million Dollar Man, when I think about him, I always think, you know, that evil laugh in his iconic theme song. Yeah. So, so as soon as he comes out, he's got that, that laugh when he comes out. Yeah, I feel like he, I, think, I feel like he should be up there when we talk about some of the wrestling greats like Hogan and Andre and Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior, when you go back to those classic days, they really needed a villain. And really looking at it, Ted DiBiase was probably one of the best villains they had in professional wrestling. Yeah, I know. Uh, he introduced The Undertaker into the WWE. Storyline-wise, he did. Uh, wasn't he? He beat Hulk Hogan during that time. I believe that's what they set up for. So for, yeah, for someone like Hogan, that was their villain. You know, they had a, Randy Savage was always a face during that time. Uh, when you think about heels, he was the main heel. He has on, uh, what is it, the Money Incorporated with the Virgil and. Yep, had Virgil. Uh, no Virgil was in the group. I don't know who else, but uh, him and Virgil ended up having a few matches against each other too for the, uh, his created title. Which we'll get yep. into part later on. Of course, yeah, it's it's on there for sure. Um, so before we get a huge deep dive into everything, uh, thank you guys so much for coming out tonight. Um, if you guys are in the live chat below, uh, make sure you guys leave your favorite uh, Ted DiBiase and Ted DiBiase Jr. Uh, moments throughout the show, and we'll share them here on the podcast as well. For those of you guys that are watching on YouTube, make sure you guys hit like, subscribe, and share with your friends as this is our second episode in the series out of five. So it's it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, first episode last week was Sunny, and I feel like that was probably one of our best episodes. Um, going back to that episode, uh, what do you think about the feedback we've gotten? That Connor, you uh, do you think it's been one of our most positive episodes we've had on the channel? Yeah, I like the uh, no, the intro wasn't well. I ended up. You guys can go back if anyone hasn't seen it. You can go see the full extended intro of it. But uh, I thought last it was really good. Uh, yeah. We've got. Uh, Pretty good response uh, from the first episode. Uh, a lot of st stuff I didn't know about Sonny uh, that I found out 
so if anyone's watching, uh, you could probably learn a few things about Sonny, uh, yeah. good and bad, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's it was it was a good episode. There's a lot I didn't know about her either until researching the episode. Because um, Dark Side of the Ring did a good job of explaining some of the things that happened with her and Chris, but I feel like they didn't do as much of a deep dive like we did, and I feel like we kind of helped close that that story that you've seen on TV. Um, even though we're not affiliated with Dark Side of the Ring, of course, but man, you know, yeah. it was such a good episode. You know, I left last week. Like, man, this is this is a great start uh, for the series. So we appreciate everybody coming out. Um, one piece of business before we get going, um, I want to say thank you to Adam. Unfortunately, Adam uh, for next foreseeable future, or definitely, we're not sure. But um, unfortunately, Adam has stepped away from the podcast for a little bit. Or forever, we're not sure. But Adam, if you're listening, we thank you for making Talking Elite amazing. Uh, you always have an open spot here on the show. So if you guys, uh, if you guys are friends with Adam, or you know, follow him on Twitter, give him love, uh, give him some support because you know Adam was a huge part of making this show great. So um, shout out to Adam. Hope you're doing well. All right, Connor. Well, it's me and the producer tonight. So you got the two craziest minds on the All Elite Zone talking about the Million Dollar Man. Um, so before we get started, I got a fun fact for you, Connor. What's that? Did you know that Ted DiBiase came into the WWE as a babyface and didn't know what his character was going to be for that first house show circuit that he did before he went on TV? I did not know that. Uh, I know he came in very, very early. Uh, you wouldn't be able to recognize him probably. Uh, no, I didn't know that part. Yeah. So um, I think it was like right before um, he got his million dollar man gimmick. Yeah. So he basically Vince McMahon wanted to keep it a secret. And then the only thing that he told Ted DiBiase is that you're going to be me if I was a wrestler. (laughs) And then he becomes the million dollar man making his debut in, you know, in 1987. Uh, do you know who his first feud was against, Connor? In WWE. In WWE, his first I'm big. Gonna go, uh, it'd be two people. Uh, Hulk Hogan. Yep. Got it. Hulk Hogan. Yep. So, um, <laughs> yep. So he would he would feud with Hogan, and he would actually before the matches actually started, he would actually try to. By the WWF championship. Wow. You know, it's funny, like how many times how many times has he tried to do that with you know, if you look back on not just the main title, the million dollar title, but the 24 cent championship. Really, nobody sold him the main belt. (laughs) That's really that's the only time he failed. He got the off-brand belts, like the (laughs) wasn't even affiliated with that's why he had to create his own belt. (laughs) And then you know who he would team up with um, to to defeat the Hulkster after four years of holding the title. It wasn't Virgil, or nope. was it? Nope. Uh, so he would team. So he would manage Andre the Giant, and Andre the Giant would oh. defeat his WWF title reign after four years. So he may not have been able to buy the title, but he still got the last laugh. Yeah, I forgot uh, Andre. Yeah, he did. He used to have a whole faction of, of that. Very true. It's it's crazy to see, like, 
like looking at his, you know, his his million dollar corporation and just seeing, you know, him bringing in the Undertaker, that was a huge step um, in Mark Calloway's career. Um, but you know, really, I feel like you know that whole like Survivor Series match was one of the biggest moments in professional wrestling, just because he helped kick off one of the greatest characters in wrestling. I can still hear it from Death Valley. The un- like that character today would not get over like it did back then, uh, but uh, it, it was a mystery opponent. That's who it was mm-hmm. from. Supposed to be someone else. They got injured, kayfabe injury, or Roy got injured. But uh, every time they play a, a Undertaker tribute, that's what you hear in the beginning. Uh, you'll hear Ted DiBiase's voice. And it's crazy to think that you know that Ted DiBiase was the reason we had. Not, you know, we had one of the biggest superstars have him be that, that first vocal point in every Undertaker documentary. You know, I feel like he needs more. I feel like Ted DiBiase, no matter, I know we're going to get to this terrible stuff towards the end of the video, but um, I feel like Ted DiBiase, man, he, man, there's a lot of people that he put over. And if you think about it too, like he wasn't focused on winning championships. Ted DiBiase, he wanted that character arc. He wanted the stories. You know, he was very dedicated to his character. Yeah, he uh, he had one of the best characters in the Golden Era. Uh, you had a lot of characters, like not not a lot that matched up to Million Dollar Man to DiBiase, but you had uh, you had Kamala. You had uh, there was a lot of people that had, had it Kamala, weird. Like, you had Yokozuna, Andre, Hogan. Macho Warrior, oh, the of course, they also had the Bushwhackers. You had Hot Rod, like, there was a lot of yeah. characters. But when you think about it, like, he was one of the most standout wrestlers of that era. Because think about yeah. it, hit all, all the best action figures were during that time frame from Hasbro to the Bendies, they were all like all the better figures were of the million dollar yeah. man. You know, always in that suit. You know, yeah. I think had, I think he had a Hasbro that wasn't in the suit. But when I think figures from that time frame as well, I always see him in that suit. You know, I feel yeah, like that black and gold. That black yeah. and gold suit. And what's crazy too, if you go look at like um, how he was brought in, Vince literally gave him a huge pay just so he could live that scrap that that extraordinary lifestyle. Like he literally, Vince told him, "Hey, every time you go to a restaurant, you gotta tip like like a hundred percent." He had private jets, or when he wasn't on a private jet, he was flown first class. Like he lived his gimmick, and for Vince to give him that much money just to play with and be his character, you don't see that in wrestling nowadays. Or I feel like he was really the only case where yeah. he literally lived his character. The only <laughs> the only person that does that today is MJF. Like he <laughs> legit does his own character, but a, a lot of guys during that time, uh, I listened to Million Dollar Man tell a story one time where he uh, he was betting against a kid after the show was over. He betted against a kid, and uh, it was like a rock paper scissors, uh, and Hulk Hogan witnessed it because it was during the main event, and then the the kid the kid actually won, so he literally gave the kid. Two hundred dollars. 
you know, it, since you know, we're actually, that's actually a really good tie-in um, to my next talking point. So Connor does not, he doesn't really know the flow of the talking points we're discussing tonight. It's always, that's always, it's always a surprise. It's always a fun part, but you know that he paid a young RVD during the time frame when he was paying fans to do like dumbest task. He paid RVD to kiss his boots. Hey, uh, yeah, I think I heard about this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I heard about this today because I was I was listening to um, a documentary on him at work. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like laughing. I'm like, I had no idea that that he did with RVD. I knew he was going around and paying fans. I, that and I was watching some of the clips about you know like I watched the rock paper scissors um, clip earlier. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't believe that he did this. And for him to like, like I said, MJF literally took a page. Um, I know we're not really talking about AEW tonight, but he literally took a page yeah. out of that playbook. And he, he, like I said, there's a lot you can learn from the heels of professional wrestling. And just seeing how, like, the correlation between what MJF has done and so, so that Macho Man, not Macho Man, but, you know, Million Dollar Man kind of helped, you know, get, you know, yeah. you know, make part of his character and shtick. It's great to see. Yeah, Ted DiBiase, uh, Nowadays, it's only that they give you fake, like they'll give you money, but be fake. It'll have their picture on it, then they just give it. It wouldn't be real, but back then it was actually real money. Like he was actually giving people real money away. I, w- I wish I could have lived within that time period so I could have saved it and get, <laughs> get him to sign it one day. Oh, that'd be cool. I think I've seen a couple like on um, eBay when I was looking for some uh, million dollar man figures and. I was looking at eBay. They they still have signed dollar bills from for the million dollar man. Signed tens, twenties. I haven't seen a fifty, but I haven't seen tens and twenties. Like imagine going to a store and you get a like they give you change and that's what you see. No way. Like probably all those are probably in in, in basements and and Someone like grand, like grandmas and other families' houses. Like there's no way like those. I would wouldn't. Be, spend, I wouldn't spend it if I had something like you were that. Like, Unless you were like really down on your luck, I would. So, yeah, unless I was, I wouldn't sell it ever. Or no. if I did, I would be, be passing it down to someone in my family. That would be a really cool like thing to have in a collection for sure. Um, yeah. You know, like he won King of the Ring. Do you know that? Yeah, I did. He was a King of the Ring winner, and then he would go up against uh, Macho Man for the title at WrestleMania. After another um, after our tournament, just because I can't remember what happened. Do you remember? I I wish I, I, I don't remember what happened, but do you remember why? What happened with the title thing? With after that, do you think it was was did someone get hurt or was it just did or did he get um, the title taken away? Like what happened? You remember? Uh, Ted DiBiase. Yeah. Did Did he ever win the world title? I think he won it, but I think they took it away. So I don't think it officially counted. Or there was some like shenanigans. So I don't remember him. At least. Let's see. If he, if I can't he remember won. if he won it or if he went or if he did, or if there was something with the world title, and that's why him and Macho Man went through a tournament just to be just to cr- get crowned the world championship or one of the manias. Can't remember. I do apologize, everyone, for that's listening. Um, if anyone knows in the comments here, uh, tell us. I never knew he won the world title. He did win the Intercontinental, I believe. Yeah, I knew he won the Intercontinental. Maybe he didn't win the... Oh, 
No, he didn't win the world title because I think there was, I can't remember what happened, but the title was vacated and then he went up against Macho Man and lost in a finals of a tournament. Yeah, maybe, yeah, that, yeah, that's what happened. So he never actually officially won. He tried buying it, of course, but yeah, so he won King of the Ring. And then, um, of course, what he's really known for is that million dollar title. Yeah, that's what. Every time you think of the million dollar man, you think of the million million dollar championship. That's what I wish I had in my collection. I really wanted to get that belt eventually. Oh, but, funny story. <clears throat> good. This, uh, one day, we, me and my friend was in the Comic Con, and he was there. And I have a, or I used to have a Money to Bank briefcase. My friend was so stupid. I told him not to do it. But he went up to him and said that he liked to cash in his Money to Bank for his, and like he actually tried to take his title. <laughs> and then Ted Biosky get that. I won't repeat to get the F away from me. So, so your friend was being was, pretty much a mark, wasn't he? He didn't even know who he was until I he didn't, he didn't even watch wrestling. He only knew him because we played the video game. That's how I knew him. <laughs> really? He he didn't even know who the million dollar man was until but uh <laughs> if you meet uh million dollar man, do not try to cash in the money to bank briefcase. Yep. I will take that noted because um, I have the briefcase. I'm not going to go cash in. Um, I thought course, it was pretty funny. Yeah. But of course, Virgil he, would be the one to defeat him for that first title, for that first, um, yeah, you know, for that first, you know, for, for someone that's not, you know, uh, you know, he'd be the first person to win the title. Um, of course, you also have the ringmaster, Stone Cold Steve Austin, was also another, um, also, another holder of the title. Yeah, he, uh, he still had a little bit of hair when he won it. I feel like it's a little more. I feel like it, they've had less title holders in the FTW championship, where it's pretty yeah, close. It, it should be mine a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know. Not many people have held the million dollar championship. Yeah. But, and then you had LA Knight was the last per, or LA Knight was the last person to win it. I believe uh, Cameron Grimes won that one time. He does see how night beat for it. Teddy Biasi Jr. never lost it, I don't think. Yeah, because it was uh, after – I can't remember when he lost it, but he, but he never lost it because it was basically – when I was looking at the title reigns of it, it basically said it was disbanded. So he never lost it. So Teddy Biasi Jr. is still your, your million-dollar <laughs> champion. I think they – I think they did. They did away with it again. It was on NXT. That's when they. No, the other, it was maybe a brief like stunt, but I have not seen it since the LA Knight won it. Maybe they could bring it over to AEW and defend it. <laughs> I wonder if they got probably that, not. They probably, they probably got that trademarked. Oh, it's it's got to be trademarked. If, sell, like I said, if not, the Million Dollar Man was a genius not making sure they had that trademark. Because they sold the uh, replica title belts of that, so. That's one yeah. of the coolest titles. It's so out of the ordinary kind of title you'd ever see. True. Very true. So after that, um, he would leave WWE and go to WCW. <laughs> and uh, like everybody during that time frame, he would join up with the NWO because, you know, NWO is for <laughs> life. And I can see would, it. It was just not a good WCW was not a good era for the Million Dollar Man at all. 
he fits that vibe, I guess, of Hall and Ash and they control everything. So he controls everything with money. So, but uh, well, he was the, the whole financial time. backer. For the he NWA. had the financial backer. He was a financial backer. So when they had those was... commercials, <laughs> but it should have been brought to you by Ted DiBiase and WO. Ted DiBiase and WO. And then after that, um, he would kind of fizzle out because it, I think because when Eric Bischoff joined in the NWO, he kind of fizzled off and then went to become a backstage producer. Yeah, he I th- uh, once he didn't really have many have much of a wrestling role in WCW really. Very true. If you if you look at it though, because right before he left WWE, he broke his neck. I didn't know that. Yeah, so there's a reason why like he basically stopped wrestling, was just a manager for Stone Cold, and then left. He, Like I said, he broke his neck and had to basically retire, but he never retired fully from the business. Yeah. Know, it's just crazy to look at it, like where he would, like I said, he would be in the NWL, but when you think NWO, I don't think Million Dollar Man. I don't think Ted DiBiase. Yeah. So after yeah. that, you know, he would have some independent bookings um, throughout the years, some on-offs with WWE, be producing, be a backstage hand, uh, be an ambassador, pretty much. And then in 2010, he would get his Hall of Fame introduction. Yep, he, from uh, all be actually has two sons. Uh, Ted DiBiase. Yeah, uh, he goes it for a little bit as well, but I don't know what happened with that, why he didn't make it. Because that would have like, been a good tag team. Tag. I couldn't find like, anywhere why Brett never made it. I know he wrestled a little bit, but he never made he didn't. He didn't come close to, to making it, really. Yeah. But uh, the Hall of Fame ceremony, that's, uh, both of his sons were there. Mm-hmm. All right, well, it's time for my last fun fact. So after he retired from professional wrestling, do you know that he is a licensed minister? I didn't know that. Uh, yep. I met him a few times, and when he signs autographs, he'll put a Bible scripture on every autograph he signs. Really? Yeah. Uh, lots of wrestlers will, will just uh, write the Bible scripture for you to go look at it, but he actually writes the whole thing, like the whole scripture. He'll write. Well, because I know uh, Tully Blanchard does the same thing, but he'll just write the Bible verse. But Teddy Biasi writes the whole word by word. The whole word autograph. for word. Yeah. Which. Probably is why he's sus- suspected in his crime and um, Teddy Biasi Jr.'s crime. So, yeah, we'll be, like I said, so yeah, so we're gonna get to that here do, do, in due time. Um, we're gonna go to the comment section before we go to the part two of the episode. So, um, Ethan puts, uh, but where the big boys play, heck <laughs> yeah, WCW, you know. That, like I said, another plug real quick. If you haven't already, go check our WCW episode, The Fall of WCW. Yeah. That was a really good one. Um, Ethan also says he was a preacher. You know, I get, you know, it's crazy to think one of the most wicked men in wrestling <laughs> and the biggest greed is a preacher. It's, it, it was, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny. Um, I'm curious if he still is or since um, so the allegations came out last year. I know his son was a Christian, or I guess he still is. I don't know. It makes you wonder. I don't know. A lot of stuff they do is pretty bad. Yeah. So, all right, let's talk Ted DiBiase Jr. So, 
After he signed with FCW in 2007, he would work his way up in 2008 and make his debut alongside the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Uh, they would basically form a tag team and win tag team gold in 2009. Yeah. And it's crazy to think, looking at looking at the caliber of the two, two of the biggest, you know, I think names in the 1980s, Dusty Rhodes and Ted DiBiase. And having their sons come in and the careers that Lisa career that Cody had was phenomenal. And just to see where all the stuff that he's done. Um, but I feel like Ted DiBiase Jr. never really filled his dad's shoes. Or I think he was just trying too hard to fill those shoes. Yeah, at the time they had a... After the Legacy storyline, they really... He, he did his own little thing with the Million Dollar Championship a little bit. But after that fizzled out, and they really didn't build on anything because they had a lot of other young guys coming up. Um, it, yeah. It's kind of sad to see, like there's, there wasn't a whole lot I could find on his career. I wish he would have went to TNA a little bit and uh, maybe, maybe had a better run. Uh, but I don't know what he did after he, he just quit wrestling after that. Really, Basically he did some independent bookings, but then he basically retired in 2015. Yeah, after his WWE stuff, he really didn't make it on another company or anything like that. At least he wasn't as like an embarrassment like Curtis Axel was. Curtis Axel, yeah, because or or Michael McGillicuddy is because you know, <laughs> you know, I feel like at least he was able to still be himself and be like carry on his dad's name. Because if you think about it, look at all the, the second and third generation superstars. If you're not a Rhodes, an Orton, or a Flair, pretty much they changed your name. They didn't really do uh, Curtis Axel. He won the Intercontinental, the same titles his dad won, and the exact same design. But after that, they just treated him as a jobber. He was in the, uh, he was mostly like a jobber. I mean, his next big thing was him and Ballas. The B team, the Miz, yeah. but. Uh, they didn't really give him singles. Uh, as he said, unless you're a flair, you're a, unless you're a top tier family member, you weren't uh, used, a, used good at all. Uh, now it's the Samoans now. Uh, well, not really. If you're, if you're Roman Reigns, you'll get a push. But if you're not Roman Reigns, then I guess. But, Very true. Um, but, you know, but looking at it, like, for. I feel like he, his dad must have had some kind of pullback stage for him to keep his name. Who, uh, because you think about it, that class awesome. that came up with Cody, think about it, everybody else changed their name except for for Rhodes and and DiBiase. Yeah, I bet, uh, I bet Dusty Rhodes had some say in that. I know he, uh, he came back to WWE a little bit when he was there. True. And you also can't forget, too, that, you know, his dad literally handed him the belt. And then Teddy, I saw yeah. there was another thing, too. They actually tried reinstating it one more time. I believe it was from Raw. It was like right before, it was like right before he got hurt with his shoulder injury. It was like right after that legacy storyline, of course, but. He would basically like his. He would basically his dad would say, "Hey, here's your belt back. You never lost it." And then he would basically turn to his dad, saying, "I am doing my own 
career. I'm going my own way. You should have taken the belt. Now looking back, he <laughs> maybe I should have. Well, he, the thing is, he did. Like he had, I think he had the same amount of uh, time his dad had with the rain. I think he's at a second. Yeah. He, they both had over 200 days, you know, consecutively. You know, but you know, if you think about it, I feel like he was always playing second fiddle. Um, I know he did have he had a huge feud with Randy Orton. He also helped Randy Orton in his feud with John Cena, but after that, it just kind of kind of fizzled out a little bit for him, you know. But that's the thing with a lot of uh, secondary, second generation, third generation. You, you got to be a flair, or you have to be a. There's no more Hogan's. If there was no Hogan, yeah. golly, they'd be pushed to the moon. Well, not even not even <laughs> Flair because look at David Flair. David Flair was probably yeah. one of the biggest flops in, in in generational superstar history. At least with Bo Dallas, you know, he had some kind of TV fame. Well, so I was looking at the WWE, the Million Dollar Championship. He had a the Million Dollar Man had it for 905 days. Only. While his uh, Teddy Best Jr. held it for 224, but he never lost it. So technically, he he's probably, still undefeated. He probably bypassed his dad by now. He's oh, probably yeah. past Roman Reigns' reign. It's talking about the real tribal chief. The real tribal chief. Stand up for your million dollar tribal chief. Hey, we were all rigged these past few years. Roman Reigns is not our tribal chief. We should go talk you know, to the elders about that. <laughs> and it's kind of funny too because think about it. There was not many AEW stars that made the the top uh, top ten this year on the five hundred uh, PWI five hundred chart. And yeah, I'm like, dude, that. MJF had a way better year than Roman Reigns. I believe the only two was Moxley and Orange Cassidy, I believe. MJF did. So it was MJF, Cassidy. Yeah. So, but then there was like everybody else. There was like nobody from New Japan this year on it. Oh, actually, no. No, yeah, because Will Ospreay didn't make it and Kenny will make it. Well, I knew Kenny wasn't going to make it. He didn't have a lot of single matches, but Will Ospreay should have made it. Yeah, he, he recently just beat... Uh... Jericho, Omega, and caught a, a two-month span. Yeah. So that makes up the entire year, I feel like. And having one of the best matches in Tokyo Dome history, so. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, little tangent there, but yeah, we'll, <laughs> we we might need to do like a whole episode on dirt sheets in the PWI chart eventually. Yeah. Dave Meltzer's face right in front of the side of that. Right. You know, but you know, Ted DiBiase, you know, he had, you know, Junior had a few good moments in it. He had legacy career, had a couple good feuds, but, you know, fortunately he just couldn't cut it. So fortunately after, you know, a shoulder surgery, he would get released from WWE where he would work the independent scene until 2015. That's when he would retire. uh, As I mentioned in my uh, intro, uh, I would play here, but I know it would get copyrighted. Uh, but go to the WWE. Then the, where they? What did I say? Uh, wh- where are they now? I'm putting Teddy yeah, DiBiase. Well, You'll see everything I'm talking about. Uh, he helped out with a lot of stuff uh, after his wrestling career. It explains what he did after his wrestling career. So if you want more in depth, I definitely recommend going watching that. Yeah. Uh, why don't you uh, talk a little bit? Go ahead. Why don't you, why don't you kind of talk a little bit about? Um, after he retired, why don't you talk about like kind of what his um, stuff he did outside the ring was and how we thought how impactful it was. 
Yeah, I don't really know when he started it, but I'm going to assume it would probably have been 2018, maybe, maybe 2016. He started, uh, he actually lives in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, three hours from where I am. Uh, I believe around there they had a, I guess it was a, it was a thing called Ability Works. Uh, there's one nearby where I am, but there's different stuff that he did. Uh, he did a lot of uh, stuff for awareness for kids, for families, for uh, kids with like kids with uh, leukemia or all kinds of stuff like that. He did, uh, and he was the the main one that did a lot of stuff. Like he would uh, he would put like an actual wrestling show just for the kids, like not like an actual wrestling ring and, and just kids watching. Uh, there, was a, there was a make a wish. Johnson came from Mississippi, and he uh, did make a wish. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that he did. Uh, I I actually thought he was a pretty good person. Uh, well, I wouldn't say he's not a good, still, still a good person, but uh, just the way it all uh, ended uh, makes you wonder if he actually really cared about the people he was helping or did he just care about the money? Because uh, it was millions and millions of dollars. He took from the state of Mississippi uh, – he took a lot of money from families, from kids, from a lot of people who probably would have needed that money more than him. Uh, it's very sad, like just because I've watched that documentary, and I'm like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not the most, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a big religious guy, but I'm like, man, like this, this is awesome to see somebody do stuff for their church and causes that they believe in. It was awesome, like it seriously was. I'm like, okay, he is the lead. You know, he's, he's a very humble guy, at least what we thought. But unfortunately, last year, that's when things came out that he was take him. It was him. So right now, it's mostly Ted DiBiase Jr. But right yeah. now, they're also, at the time of recording, because it's, it's been a huge lawsuit. It's been on for almost a year. But now, they are looking into not just t- basically just because they're with their religious organization, they're looking out at Ted DiBiase Sr., Jr., and Brother Brett. They are looking into them as we currently speak. And so it's it's so crazy to me that, for one, people that hold themselves, you know, they're helping people and helping people in their community, and then have them you know, shown where, oh, my gosh, they're embezzling money. They're scamming organizations that help kids with disabilities or helping families in their church. I'm like, that is, yeah. it, I get it was a character for them, but what made them fall so hard from grace? Yeah. If I had to imagine Ted Biasi's, because he, I believe he was a, he, he may have had a church that helped out with stuff like that. Uh, I don't know his brother's involvement, but uh, they, they're, they're being looked into. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking that he, he has to pay a whole, I, like they're going to have to pay all that money back. So uh, I've seen Ted DiBiase at a lot of Comic-Cons and stuff trying to overprice his stuff to pay back to the state of Mississippi. But now it's just like, just people like I wouldn't go up and meet him for what he did. Uh, I mean, that, that doesn't mean they can't change as, as a person, but it doesn't look good. Like, was their intentions even like, did, did they even care about the people or did they just care about the dollar signs? Well, like like I said, maybe they just got used to living such a, a big lifestyle that yeah. this could happen. Like everybody's got a price, 
but everybody's got a price. Everybody's got a price. But the thing is, like I said, time of recording, like I said, so it's it's going through the court system right now. It's it's such a it's such a big ordeal. Like you know, twenty twenty two was not a good year for wrestling. Like for (laughs) it was a good year for wrestling. But think about it. Look at everything happened with Sunny, and then now look at what's going on with the DiBiase family. Like, is it the whole DiBiase family, or is it just Ted DiBiase Jr.? Because I've seen reports. I couldn't find like a hundred percent concrete article. All I've seen is was Ted DiBiase Jr. They, they originally suspected of it, and then now they're looking at both his brother and his father. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff. Like, I definitely recommend going to watch that because uh, we're explaining it. But to get, if you're interested in the whole deep story, you'll see what all he did. He uh he helped a lot of teenagers too and a lot of stuff. Uh, and I believe after a lot of, I feel like, I think this happened. Uh, I think they called him in 2019, 20, but it, it really didn't go into effect till this year. Like things actually starting to happen because he uh he got arrested, uh, but he got out on bail bond, I believe. It, it's it's sad. It really is. Like, and I get there's a lot of there's always issues with, especially like the mega churches or organizations with people taking money. But you never thought somebody that was you thought was so humble would would take away from from such a like a noble organization. Yeah, he definitely uh seemed like a very like he was really high on helping people. Uh as a I think he has a daughter or a son, has a few kids. Uh I believe he got divorced after a lot of stuff happened. Uh don't quote me on that, but uh I believe he did. But it he seemed like a very great person. Like he was helping all the all these people in Mississippi and doing all this stuff and didn't just to see that he took all the money. It's really sad ending to a story. <laughs> Mr. Jacobs, thank you so much for watching. Everybody give Mr. Jacobs some love down in the comment section. Um, he's enjoying the episode as well. But um, Mr. Jacobs mentions uh, the million dollar man was right all along. Everybody's got a price. And Vince's price is $9 million. Nine yeah, billion dollars. You know, um, Ted Dibiase, Nelson, like Ted says, anyone can be bought, but he can be bought too. Because isn't uh, the billion dollar man more than the million dollar man? <laughs> hey, that needs to be a character. <laughs> Someone needs to come up with the billion dollar man. The billion dollar man. There you go, Vince. We're giving you a free idea. I bet he'd be. I mean, he just randomly just stumble across this podcast because he only sleeps one hour a day, right? He'd be like, oh, a billion dollar man. Oh, you know what? I could, I could, I could tell the UFC. I could do it. It could be good shit. Be good. I won't trust anything that he does. Very true. You know, and I'm going to announce now, Mister Mister Jacobs. Uh, thank you for the uh, thank you for the uh, the plug. So we had a fun um, couple shows announced. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna announce uh, our finale because I know we're like we're still like three episodes away. Um, I'll announce that here in a second. Um, thank you guys, everybody, for coming out um, for the Million Dollar Man episode. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. It was a lot of fun tonight. Um, thank you, of course, to Connor. It's always a blast having AW's producer on the show with me. It's 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 a pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, I probably won't be involved in any other ones. 
uh, for, fortunately, I won't be. Uh, sometimes it's a good <laughs> thing. Sometimes, uh, yeah. But the next one, uh, no, I'm really excited for. But the, these first two have been really, really good. Uh, we appreciate everyone that's uh, stopped by and commented, or even if you're not commenting, watching, we definitely appreciate everyone. Yeah, um, Ron, thank you so much for watching. Uh, Jason, always a pleasure to see you as well. Um, so next week we are having a very fun episode, and this one we're gonna try to have multiple people on here just so that way it's gonna be a huge conversation. Uh, but next week we're gonna talk the dark side of the Attitude Era. So we'll bring up Brawl for All. We'll bring up, you know, the scandals behind the scenes. Uh, we'll probably go back, of course, a little bit to Sunny. And it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be another fun episode. I'm excited to see what's going to happen with that one. Um, and then, of course, the genius himself, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. You've heard it here first, folks, on episode two. Vince McMahon will be our season finale as we discuss his career and a lot of the stuff that he did from the steroid trials to his uh, relations with that lawyer last year. So it's going to be a very fun week. It's going to be a fun few weeks for sure. So we're doing five episodes, right? Five episodes, yep. Um, so episode the... episode four, I'll announce, uh, I'll announce next week's episode. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned for episode four as well. But the finale is going to be a banger. Next week's going to be a banger. So thank you guys so much uh, for coming out. I uh, hope you guys are having a great time with our series. Um, I know this one wasn't as long as last week's, but I still feel like we did a good job of getting everything across. So, of course, thank you again to Connor for coming out and uh, helping out with the show. Um, we have a couple interviews coming up. So, Connor, do you want to tell about the guests we're having here shortly? Yeah. Uh, the week of Chris's birthday, uh, everyone, you should already know, Chris's birthday is that weekend. Uh, I had no idea. We all knew about it last night. So just to make sure everyone knew that his birthday is that this weekend, October 4th, we will have uh, WWE, former WWE star and former TNA star, The Pope. Uh, he was also known as Elijah Burke in WWE. Uh, he will be on here October 4th, 6, 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, now before Dynamite. So uh, if you guys like to ask us some questions, you're free to put it in the chat and we'll show them. Uh, or if you're interested in watching, uh, we'll definitely appreciate it. Any way you uh, see fit, but uh, that's the only interview we have right now. But there will be a few interviews on the AZ Canada up north. They're gonna have a few uh, Canadian independent wrestlers down there. Oh, cool! Uh, they're gonna have on, so uh, they will be announced. Uh, uh, stay tuned to our Twitter and Facebook. That's where you'll see a lot of our uh, guest announcements. Awesome, bro! I cannot wait to see what our AZ Canada team does. Uh, make sure you guys uh, check out their podcast. Um, thank you, of course, to Dusty for doing the intro, helping do the intro tonight. Yeah. It was really good. You and I don't know if that was your son, but it was really cute, really great. So we appreciate you know appreciate everybody on the Canada team. Uh, their episodes drop every Saturday, so cannot wait to see this up this week's episode. Um, they had some bangers. If you like talking elite, go watch our up north uh, crew. They do some great. They do some great work. Um, next week's episode, unfortunately, will be pre-recorded as I have a class at the fire station. I'm going to be part of that night. So it'll be pre-recorded, but I will be in the comment section below for sure, uh, commenting on the episode as it drops. So make sure you guys uh, stay tuned for our social medias for that as well. And of course, make sure you guys hit the bell down below so you guys get notified on all of our awesome content. Uh, 
We'll also have, of course, our watch along uh, come back tomorrow night for Rampage as we see Jade take on Chris Stantlander. And uh, fortunately, I already know the outcome to that, but it's still going to be a fun match to watch. So um, yeah. make sure you guys come out, out for Rampage. Uh, of course, Dynamite, you know, our last show last night was amazing. Uh, so come back yeah. out, join our live reactions, comment down below on topics. We'll talk the whole night. It's a lot of fun. So we appreciate everything you guys do. Uh, check us out on Spotify, Podbeam, Facebook, X, which is, you know, I still call it Twitter because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like Elon has a has a degeneration X uh, fetish, um, so it's gonna be like I said, it's got a lot, lot of fun content coming up. Um, so Connor, anything else you want to add before I sign off? Uh no, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, I, I will address uh, Jason's comment, Adam. Uh, Adam is always welcome on the podcast. There's no hard feelings. Uh, we hope that uh, he's doing well. Uh, we uh, I just wanted to comment that before we don't have a zillion questions about that. Uh, but there's no heat with anyone. I know people like to say that me and Wayne have heat, but uh, I can promise you, no one has heat with each other. Uh, it's all a mutual uh thing. Uh, who knows? Maybe Adam uh, uh will come back in the future, but uh, for right now we're gonna uh respect his time off. Uh, yeah. But yeah, as as Wayne said, he's always. Uh, welcome on the Talking Elite and the All Elite Zone. Uh, he's a big reason for this series that we're doing right now. Uh, he's the one that came up with it. So um, yeah. we thank yeah, him thank for you. everything he's done. Um, he has yeah. taken mental. He's taken some mental health time. So you know, we'll hopefully he comes back on. If not, he's still our friend. He's still a great guy. So no hard feelings. There's no drama. No no beef between us. Um, just a lovely guy. And yeah. it, it, it it was kind of a it, it kind it wasn't a, it didn't hurt or anything but man I uh, I'm gonna miss him and hopefully one day he'll come back on so um, go give him some yeah everybody needs to recharge so Adam yeah. if you're listening man um, we love you and these words are just for you going out to Adam tonight and good night. <laughs>